Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, open up with me to the book of Genesis. It shouldn't be too hard to find. It's the first book. <laughs> All you got to do is just open it up, turn a few pages, and you should see it. Genesis. <laughs> Not too many pages after you go all the way to the left, you will find it. Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read a couple of verses this morning. As the Lord helps me. Praise God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Let me read it one more time. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And I want to ask a question as we begin this morning. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Amen. Father, I come before you today in the name of your Son, Jesus. And God, I ask this morning for your strength. God, for your anointed hand. Lord, to reach down and, Lord, begin to blow upon this ember. Lord, that it would grow into a coal of fire. I ask today in Jesus' mighty name that, Lord, you would help me be ablaze this morning. That, God, you would minister to the people. That you would strengthen them. That you would bless them. That, God, you would illuminate truth to them. God, that you would allow them to see the word of the living God. And that, Lord, we would understand and know just a little bit more about who the Holy Spirit is. And God, I ask this morning that you would anoint the ears to hear it. God, you'd anoint me as I minister this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. And let me say as I begin preaching this morning, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. If it was not for the Holy Spirit... You would, we would not be able to worship properly to God. There would not be any proper preaching of the Word of God. There would not be any proper understanding of the Word of God. You would not be able to have illumination if it was not for the help and the person of the Holy Spirit. This question that I asked this morning as we, as we begin, and really over the next several weeks, we're going to take a look at who the Holy Spirit is, who He is in creation, who He is in salvation, who He is to you and me right now in the place that we need Him to be our empowering help to live this life and to do this life and all that we seek to do, who He is to be in the last days. But this is a question that has undertaken very little in our modern world. In fact, many cases, other denominational preachers are afraid to encroach the subject for fear that they will be lambasted as charismatic. Maybe they're a little bit too Pentecostal. I mean, after all, that's uncouth. That's old, old-time stuff. We don't need that anymore. We've got all of the nice sound equipment. 
We've got the flashing lights. We've got the smoke. Who, who would need the Holy Spirit? Men ever attempt to be the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you something this morning. There's only one Holy Spirit. There's only one that can convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and a judgment to come. He cannot be replaced. And many in our modern times have attempted to replace the moving and the operation with all of the stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, he cannot be replaced. You cannot replace the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit. But so many are afraid to even talk about the Holy Spirit, fearing that they will be labeled. Other mainline preachers would never dare speak the word for fear of somehow ostracizing their audience in an effort to maintain an environment that it's void of any spiritual energy or anointing. And some are so avid they try to do all they can to rid themselves of the anxiety of what may happen if something got out of control. Oh, come on, this morning. We need an outbreak of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God to fall. We need some hands to be trembling. We need some people to fall down on their face in the altars before the Lord and begin to worship Him and cry and praise Him and love Him this morning. Oh, hallelujah. You and I are created to worship Him. We're created to praise Him. But somehow in the fear of our modern times that nothing, if very little, is mentioned about the working and the anointing and the precious power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, don't ever worry about Him getting out of control. He's always in order. Now, you and me may be a different story. Hello. But the Holy Spirit is always in order. Oh, thank God. Thank God. And listen, I pray every time before we come in here, Lord, direct these services. Something that we may say or sing or preach that would speak to the hearts and minds of those who are hearing. And God let it go forward by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, all you got is words, honey. That's all you got. But let me tell you, with the power of the Holy Spirit, He's able to break down walls and oh, unloose the bound and set us free from strongholds with the power of the Holy Spirit. In our lives, we need it today. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And if no other church is willing to ask for the rain, we're going to ask for the rain here. If no other church is going to ask for the power, my God, we're going to ask for the power here. If no other church wants the anointing, we want the anointing here. I want it. You want it this morning. Oh, if nobody else wanted, Lord, here we are. Here we are, Lord. We want your power. We want your healing. We want your anointing. In my father's life, as he would pray, and my father would get in these revival meetings, and man, would he begin to pray. And he would touch others, and I would watch him walk around the congregation and touch others and begin to shake and to weep and to tremble as the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. Oh, he would pray. He would grab a hold of me and pray and just shake and ask the fire of God to come on my life. 
Listen, I'm telling you today, we need to pray for a generation of young people that God would touch them, that God would begin to shake them, that God would minister to them, and God would just outpour His Spirit to reach this world. Listen, no smoke machine can handle it. Oh, come on. The noise can't get loud enough to penetrate it. It has to be done through the Holy Spirit. It has to be done. Only He is able to do it. And I just believe in this place that the Holy Spirit is not only doing something, has done something. Oh, come on. Hello? There's a few more of you here than when I walked in that first day. <laughs> there must be at least something going on here, I would venture to say. I think there was eight of us the first day. Praise the Lord. And it's not about the numbers, but it, is, it does show that the Lord is moving upon people. It does show that the Lord is speaking to people. It does show that He is dealing with us because I believe that He is creating a place that you can come and be equipped. You can come and experience the glory and the anointing and the power of God in order for you to evangelize this world. Oh, come on this morning. He's creating something. He is building something, and He's bringing all of the pieces together in order to do it. Everyone that comes, every gift that we have is being brought here, right person, right place, and right time. Don't kid yourself this morning. God has a preordained plan as He moves all the pieces together. And what He is doing, He is doing it this morning. But the Holy Spirit, this work that we have that's so great to be done. And Lord, I've prayed at times, and I know you've prayed. I've prayed and cried and said, Lord, this work is so big. It's so impossible. How could, get the, how could, how could we get the work done? Lord, how are you able to do all that you're able to do with us? Well, listen, he's able to do it because of the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on today. Who is the Holy Spirit? You first must understand in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is never referred to as an it. He is not a thing. He's not an impersonal force such as a laser being. I had a person come by my house one day that I was sharing my faith with. And he gotten caught up in, I believe it was the Jehovah Witnesses. He was a former Assembly of God guy. And he said, the Holy Spirit's a laser beam. And I said, well, can you lie to a laser beam? Somebody said, no. No, you can't lie to a laser beam. He's not an it. He's not a bolt of lightning. Jesus describes him in John chapter 14 as a he and as a him when he comes he will convict the world of sin of righteousness I will send him unto you oh thank God he didn't leave us to ourselves he didn't leave us to ourselves today he is first of all a person he is not a laser beam he is 
a hymn. Very simple. Very simple. He is the agent in creation. He's the restorer and the agent of life. He's the one we see here as I read these, these verses, these first few verses of Genesis. He's the one that is moving, literally hovering over the face of the primordial deep, the waters that were there. There was nothing but darkness there, but the Holy Spirit began to move. Thank God. Oh, that's so, so similar to you and me as we came in this life. But the Holy Spirit one day began to move in you and began to move in me. He anoints men and women for a specific work as he anointed David. You remember the story in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Whenever all of the men were brought before Samuel, who was to be the king of Israel, and they brought all of David's brothers, and they were tall, dark, and handsome. Some of the ladies are going, really? They were tall, dark, and handsome. But the Holy Spirit, through Samuel, didn't choose one of them. Did not anoint one of them. He anointed that little ruddy boy. He anointed him and touched him, made him the king of Israel, and he made him beautiful. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I know about me. I didn't start out too, too beautiful. Hello. But the Lord one day reached down with his anointed hand, and he anointed me, and the parts of my life that were dark became light. The parts that were rusty and crusted, oh, he began to polish over like pure brass, and I began to shine, glory to God, because the Holy Spirit came in my life. He anointed David. He anointed Jesus with the Spirit. In Luke chapter number 4, when he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Oh, what a blessing it is today. What a blessing. You may not even realize it this morning that you're in a church where we're preaching about the Holy Spirit. You may not even realize you've been in a place right here, right now, where somebody is talking about the Holy Spirit. Multitude, millions and millions of people all over the world. They've attended church for years and never heard one thing about the Holy Spirit. Not one thing. Nothing mentioned. Nothing said. The Holy Spirit, He speaks. Did you know that? He speaks. In Acts chapter 13 and verse number 2, the Holy Spirit said, Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work that I have for them. He separates. He hears. Did you know he hears? That's something, isn't it? He hears. He hears. He shows or he reveals and he guides into all truth. You see that in John chapter 16 and beginning in verse number 13. He inspires and he
They wrote, they didn't even know exactly what they were writing. But Peter said, they weren't writing for them. They were writing for us. Hallelujah. They didn't even know what they were writing down. But the Spirit of the Lord got a hold of that pen. He took that vocabulary that was in their mind and they began to write down the pages of this book. Oh, come on, this morning, over 40 authors written over a period of over 1,500 years, and every one of them had the central message of the fall and the redemption of man. Yeah, it might be bad this morning. You may have fallen into sin. You may have done something you shouldn't have done, but there is a Redeemer. His name is God's own Son. His name is Jesus Christ this morning, and He's able to pull us up from where we are. The central message, the central theme that the Spirit Writers were inspired to write. He convicts of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. He shows us our sin, and primarily the sin that he shows us of is the sin of our unbelieving hearts. He deals with us concerning our unbelief that we would place it into Jesus. He shows us our, the, all of our personal righteousness is as filthy rags. We have nothing to offer. Oh, you ought to be happy this morning that the person of the Holy Spirit shows you that and showed me that. Because without that, I would not be able to place my faith or even understand I had a need. Why should I believe? The Holy Spirit convicts us and He convinces us to believe to believe he shows us of God's justice God's holiness against sin he creates and he renews in Psalms 104 he says thou sendest forth thy spirit and they are created thou sendest forth thy spirit and the face of the world is renewed God, the Holy Spirit, is a part, an active part in creation, in creating and renewing the face of the earth. The Holy Spirit glorifies Christ in John 16 and 14. Jesus said when He speaks, He will not talk about Himself. He will talk about the Lord. And Listen, how you know somebody is anointed and called of God to do their mission in life is it's not all about them. Hello. You should have seen me this last week. Man, was I awesome. Hello. That ain't right. And I'll tell you, as a person sitting in the pew, there's only so much of that that I can handle. Come on, somebody. I can only take so much of the flesh. Get beyond that. I'm tired of hearing that. Tell me about Jesus. Tell me about his love for me. Tell me about what he achieved for me. Tell me about what Jesus has done. That's what I care to know about. I'm sitting there in my life and I'm struggling. My heart may be broken in a thousand pieces. I may be dealing with a problem in my life. And you're talking about you. Don't talk about you. Talk about Jesus. Lift Jesus up. That's the only way I can be healed. That's the only way the shattered pot of clay can be put back together again. Is if you talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Talk about his love for me. 
talk about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is the one that moves apart upon our heart, and He helps us to glorify Christ. We may not always feel like it, but thank God, the Spirit of the Lord will begin to maneuver, and He'll say, slip up those holy hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. Slip up those holy hands. Shake off. What is it? Shake off those heavy bands. Thank you, Patty. Shake off those heavy bands. He'll begin to speak with you and deal with you. Shake it off. Lift up those holy hands. Hallelujah. He glorifies the Lord. In Romans chapter 15, the Holy Spirit loves. He says that the love of the Holy Spirit would be with you all. Amen. He comforts in Acts chapter 9. He is our comforter. Aren't you glad today? I tell you today. Let me, can I share something with you? As it concerns the names of the Holy Spirit, that's my favorite name, the comforter. The comforter. I've been in places as you have been places in your life. And Lord, if I ever needed anything, I needed comfort. I needed you to help me. I need you to minister to me. He is our great comforter this morning. Hallelujah. He comforts us. He comforts us in all of our trials and all of our tribulations. He takes us through. Oh, hallelujah. He is our comforter. He's our teacher. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he, he is teaching us. He is showing us Christ. We are learning of Christ. Oh, praise God today. He breaks the power of sin. And he energizes the believer. In Romans 8, 1 and 2, Paul says, For the law of the Spirit of life. Don't you love that term? Hallelujah. That's what the Holy Spirit brings to you and what he brings to me. He brings life to us. He says the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's in him. In Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what our generation needs? You know what this present evil world needs? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You know what the church needs? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Oh, to break the bounds of sin and energize them as believers. He intercedes for us in Romans chapter 8. And we've been talking about it in our Wednesday night class, the intercession of the Holy Spirit. One writer said that his intercession is like falling into a ditch. But thank God, you may have fallen into a ditch, but he gets down there with you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You may have fallen into a ditch, but the Holy Spirit is there with you, and he began to intercede for you right where you are. Oh, with groanings and moanings that cannot be understood with the natural mind, or even expressed. But the Spirit of the Lord begins to move through you and flow out from you, just as Jesus said. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And He begins to intercede for you. Why? Because at this 
point and period in human history where we are between the day of Pentecost and the return of the Lord. This evil world, the evil time that you and I live in, He helps us. And He's with us in our place of weakness. He says we don't even know how to pray. That's okay. He's able to pray through you. And that's just one thing He helps us with in our moral core. Oh, I hope you're getting it today. I hope you're understanding it this morning. Oh, I hope you understand that our churches cannot survive without the help of the Holy Spirit. We cannot allow our churches to shut off the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, they will be no more. They will not exist. There will not be in the spirit world a candle above that church. But I believe in Revelation. Oh, I believe that if the gospel is being proclaimed, that in the spiritual realm, there's a candle over that church. Because Jesus Christ is being lifted up. And the power of the Holy Spirit is working in that place. I hope you feel it this morning. I hope you sensed it during praise. When we sang of the freedom and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He abides forever. I love that. You remember that old song? He abides. He abides. Hallelujah. He abides with me. I'm rejoicing night and day. <laughs> oh, praise God. As I go along this narrow way, for the Comforter abides with me. He is with you. He's walking with you, and He's walking in you today. you got to know this. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is with you. And He came to stay. Well, that's, good. that's a good word. He came to stay. In the Old Covenant time, the Holy Spirit resided between the mercy seat in the cherubim in the tent of meeting, or later in the temple. But you know today, you and I are now, Paul said, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Oh, He should have came in fire in your heart and in your life this morning. And if He hasn't, I pray He visits you before the end of the service this morning. I pray His fire would be shut up in your bones as you leave from this place. Oh, that the power of God would come down. He came to abide. He did not come to leave. I love it as the Holy Spirit is referred to whenever Mary asked the question. And the angel Gabriel came to her and visited her. And the angel told Mary, that she would bring forth a son. And she was to call his name Jesus and so on. And she asked the question. She said, well, Lord, how could this be? You remember that? And he said, he said that the Holy Spirit would come upon her. And the power of the Most High would overshadow her. And that idea of overshadowing is like the cloud by day in the wilderness journey. Oh, hallelujah. And there is light and there is life that glimmered from that cloud that overshadowed them and the cloud of the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and produced our Lord in the womb of Mary. Overshadowed, the Holy Spirit overshadows. Thank God when He comes to be our cloud by day. It gets hot sometimes. 
I don't know about you. I mean, I'm kind of hot right now. But in, in my life, personally, it's been getting kind of warm. <laughs> Hello. And that's okay. I've been doing this thing for a long time. Hello. Welcome to the kingdom. <laughs> Welcome to the kingdom. <laughs> you think, oh, it's a bed of roses when you come to the Lord. No, it's not. But he is teaching you. He is training you. He is instructing you. Hallelujah. Don't ever forget that this life in some form or fashion is a test. How will you react? How will you act when this comes? Because God has called you and me to depend upon me? No. You? Uh-uh. Him? Yes. This life of dependence, this place of testing that you and I have, this side of glory. But he sins and he overshadows us during the heat of the day. I'm telling you, the Lord may not shut down the fire in your life, but he will regulate the heat. Oh, this morning. Now, I'm preaching now. He will regulate the heat in your life. He will tell the enemy, enough is enough, no more test. He will shut it down just when you think all hell is getting ready to end it. He's coming this morning. He may not stop the fire, but he will regulate the heat. Praise God. Until you get on the other side. Praise God. He empowers us. Acts chapter 2, beginning verse 4. The Holy Spirit descended from heaven. He did not come to save you and me on that day. The disciples were already saved in Acts chapter 2. Jesus said their names had already been written in the Lamb's book of life. He'd even breathed on some of them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And that wasn't the day of Pentecost yet. Wow. But they were waiting in Acts chapter 2 from an endowment of power from on high. You know where the church should be at today? We should be waiting for an endowment of power from on high in our services, and in our life, and wherever we are this morning. We need an endowment of power from on high. We get afraid at times. We get scared. We get worried. We get nervous. We get anxious. But when the Holy Spirit comes... He'll take the chicken right out of you. He'll take it right out. He'll run that chicken out of town. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. He'll run our chicken out of town. <laughs> Hallelujah. He sends us in missions. Acts chapter 13. He sends us in missions. He produces fruit. In Galatians chapter 5, you can read about the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is producing fruit in our life because of what Jesus has done for you and me at Calvary. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he distributes gifts to the believers. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And we'll cover them as we go and understand the working and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in His personality is just that. 
It doesn't mean that he's a human being. Some suppose if we say that the Holy Spirit is a person. But we mean that he has the qualities of person is what we mean. In other words, that the Holy Spirit, he feels. The Holy Spirit can be lied to, as I mentioned earlier. The Holy Spirit in 1 Thessalonians can be resisted or he can be quenched. He can be put off. And that's what Paul tells them. Don't resist prophecy. Don't you quench the prophetic word that goes forth. And so pastors, do all you can not to resist the prophetic word. The Holy Spirit himself in Ephesians 4 and 30 can be personally grieved. In Hebrews chapter 10, the Holy Spirit can be insulted. And the text there in Hebrews chapter 10 is he's talking to the Jewish community who had came to Christ. And they were attempting to go back into the old economy as some are attempting today. They're attempting to go back into the old economy. And at that time, with the temple in Jerusalem still standing, offer up sacrifices again. And he said, if you go do that, you're going to insult the Holy Spirit. Severe warning. And it's a warning to you and me that our faith must ever be in the finished work of the cross. And if it's not, we insult the Holy Spirit. Always lift up the blood. Always thank God for the blood. Always thank God for what Jesus has done. Insulted the Holy Spirit in Hebrews chapter 10. Who is he? The writer of Hebrews answers this question of who he is. He says he is the eternal spirit. In Hebrews 9 to 14, in other words, the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third member of the Godhead of the Trinity. Hallelujah. We've talked about the Father in weeks past. We talked about the Son. And now we're here talking about the Holy Spirit who has the same substance, the same essence. Everything that's in the Father is in the Son. Everything that's in the Son is in the Father. And everything that's in the Father and the Son is in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Multi-personal. One being who is multi-personal. It's beautiful. You see, today most services are cold. Most services are quiet. And they are hard to any adjustment of an atmosphere that God may orchestrate to get their attention. You see, God wants to orchestrate an atmosphere that gets people's attention. We think with all of the trappings, no. With the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit. That's what gets people's attention. They may think, what's going on down at that down at Crossview? What's going on down at that church? I hear that people speak in tongues down there. Yeah, I heard about that too. Some lady gets up and gives a prophetic word sometimes. What's going on with that down there? Hello? We've heard about others doing these silly things. Nothing gets people's attention like the Holy Spirit. He knows how to do it because he knows how to orchestrate an atmosphere that gets the attention of people. And that's what he's wanting to do. 
He's using these things to bring people to Jesus. People that would never come to a service. But people that will walk in and they will see what God is doing. And as a result, they'll put their faith in Jesus and what Jesus has done and begin their life. And in so many places, there's never a mountaintop experience. It's only another valley. <laughs> One more hill to climb. I've sat in some of those services. I thought, dear God. Not that I'm always up, but I tell you this morning, Jesus is always awake. He's always seated by the right hand of the Father. He's never surprised what happens in the world. He's never shocked at what something takes place in this world, but he's there by the right hand of the Father, and he's interceding for you and for me. Thank God Jesus don't give up. It's always one more, another bad day, and I'm not saying we're not, we don't deal with reality because you need to deal with reality in your life, the natural world, the things that happen in the natural world. There are no choruses sung in so many places with heart-enriched voices, but it's only a monotony of monotone voices repeating various liturgical phrases over and over and over again. There are no tears, there are no smiles, and there is no rejoicing. Because the Holy Spirit who does the moving is not there in those services this morning. My Lord today, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty, oh, there's anointing, there's transformation. Somebody is being affected and somebody is being impacted where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where there is no life, there's no experience. There's no transformation. There's no love. There's no laughter. There's no tears. There's no celebration. There's no joy. There's no giving. Come on this morning. There's no encouragement. There's no hope. But listen, this is why any able minister will preach on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I hope I'm getting through to you this morning. At least when I come to preach, I try to reach out and touch somebody. Even if it's one somebody, I do all as God would anoint me to speak and to say and to do. As God has directed today. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, He talks to us. He deals with us. And as he first begins in our life, he begins very similar to you see in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. In our own life, to convict us to turn and to put our faith in Jesus, who he is, and what he has done. He begins to work on us that way. And even if, as you look at this logo that you see here, now every Sunday morning, you see out on the sign. There's a purpose for the logo. Because in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, the Holy Spirit is hovering. And he's waiting for the word of God to go forward. Let there be light. The Holy Spirit is waiting. 
He is hovering. He is waiting. And in the same way, He is waiting as the Word of God goes forth. But He's looking for something as the Word of God goes forward. The Holy Spirit is looking for something. He's looking for your faith to meet the Word and the right Word at that. And when the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, moves forward, convicts you of sin, you hear the right message, then the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit will begin in your heart and in your life. And He doesn't stop as long as your faith continues in Christ and what He has done for you. He is moving. In so many ways, we are like this picture that's similar to each one of us. <laughs> oh, I wrote an article similar to this earlier this week where... You understand that in the beginning, the earth was without form and void. That's a picture of us. It's a dry, it's a desert wasteland. That's how you and I were before Christ. There was nothing there. Oh, nothing but emptiness. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to move. He began to flutter over each and every one of our lives. And where there was death, now all of a sudden, there is life. Where there was darkness, now there's light. Where there was emptiness, there was now a cup that began to overflow because of the Holy Spirit that came in and filled up our cup. We need some cups running over today. Oh yeah, we need some cups to run over to overflowing. And our churches must be running and overflowing. Our cup must be full and full to the brim. Where there was emptiness, this cup began to overflow. And the places of our lives that were broken and shapeless, without form and void, empty. The word void means empty. A professor in Bible college used to say, Brother Medina, he used to tell me, it's literally a desert wasteland. And that's what we were. Before all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to move within our lives. And he began to create in me. And he created in you a clean heart. He washed us, he regenerated us, and he began to renew us by the power of his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. In closing this morning. <laughs> I knew I'd excite some of you when I say that word. Oh, thank God. It's closing. I'll be happy to close as long as you're happy that your cup runneth over when you leave this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want one dry person in this place walking out. If you came empty, he's here to fill up your cup. Oh, he's here this morning. He's here among us. I heard a story of two Texans that went on a vacation. And as they were traveling, they came along the great Niagara River. Ha. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, it's amazing if you're up there to Niagara Falls, the power of that river as you look upon really the precipice of it, how strong it is. And almost as the clouds begin to form, as you look over the precipice of the Niagara River, they were there looking over the Niagara, Niagara River. They could see as it goes and falls down to the lower part of, the, of Niagara Falls. And one man said to the other man, he said, he said, look, the most powerful force in the world. And the other man said, no, 
The spirit of the living God is the most underutilized force. Power in the world. Hallelujah. His power is so underutilized in our life today. And listen, I just wanted to invite you this morning. You need more power. And as we go on in this series, we're talking about who the Holy Spirit is. But every time, every time we come together in this place, this is an opportunity that you can be empowered with the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, today is your day. I remember years ago, a pastor was sharing with me about God's empowerment work. And in my mind, I thought, well, I'll just wait to church camp. <laughs> That's how we think. We think in these terms. We don't think God is here. He's as much God here that is, as He is there. We don't think in these terms. But God is here right now. Whatever you need, whatever strength you need, whatever help you need, the Holy Spirit is here in this place right now. I want you to get up from where you are. I want you to gather around these altars. I want you to begin. Some of you will stand and lift up your hands and praise. Some of you, by nature of who you are, will get down and begin to seek the Holy Spirit on your... What, however you feel led of the Holy Spirit. I cannot be the Holy Spirit for you. But I will encourage you this morning. Oh, I will encourage you today that when you leave this place, that your cup should be overflowing. You should not leave out of this place empty, void, or dry. You should live out of this place as the great Niagara River, flowing with great power. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you this morning. God, for your people today, I ask, Lord, that you will roll over the billows of fire and power and anointing, Lord, upon every person here. That, Lord, those great rivers of water would flow in their heart and in their life right now at this moment in time. And I pray, God, as they seek you, that, Lord, their cup would begin to overflow. And, Lord, they would continue to ask. They would continue to knock. And they would continue to seek. I give you all the praise and all of the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Let's seek him in this place. Let's cry out to him right now.